This message was brought to you by Christian Service. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and good next day to you. I am Greg the Scott, and I am your host of the Fancy File Podcast. Bum, 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 bum. It is the greatest Christian underground subterranean podcast that you have dug up. <laughs> yeah. I have with me today a great group of panelists, co-hosts, friends, co-friends, co-best friends, co-life partners. No. Oh, wow. Okay, I accept that rebuke. Uh, so to my left, and maybe your left if you're listening on the radio dial, we have today the greatest looking Quebecois you'll ever meet. Well. <laughs> that's Is that pushing it? It's pushing it. I figure the guy who invented La Belle Province is probably up there. Okay, top 10 then? <laughs> like, this guy made a living off of hot dogs. Top, and top, top gravy. 100? Uh, yeah, top 100. Top 100, greatest looking Quebecois. Or at least a runner-up. Born the in the 100. year 1995. Yes, yes. We have the marvelous Mick. How are you today? I am doing well. I am ecstatic, stealing words from other people. That way they have to think of other stuff. Stealing them. Yes. He's a word thief. Yes. But How dare you? I give, generally, I give proper quotation. That's fair. Uh, but not now. And I very much like looking into the six eyes that you have going over there. Yes. No one gets it. That's good. That's good. Mysteries. People write in. What do you mean by that? Next to him, I have the Ezra Soros Rex stars. How are you, Rexy? G'day. I am doing quite well. Been having a great day. The sun is shining. It's warm out. I really hope that when this is released, the sun is also shining and it's warm out. Well, I mean, it's going to be June. It should be warm in June. Yes. I would be quite depressed if it's like under zero in June. No. Yeah, that won't happen. Let's hope not. Uh, And across from me and across from Ezra and across from Mick, we have the very lovely, the token girl of the group we have melanie hello i wasn't done oh (laughs) (laughs) now i'm done what how are you i'm great i'm happy to be here again good excellent and we're happy that you're here and i hope that the listening audience is happy that you've joined us thanks you're welcome and i just oh this is exciting now before we get into and, and continue our wonderful uh study some of us are full of energy in life, so we'll have to let it out before we dial it back. There are a few things that I need you to do, people. Okay, very important. First of all, we have uh, some social media uh, sites for you to follow us on. Now, I do apologize. We're not very social media friendly-ish. I don't, maybe that's not the right word because we like social media We're just not active enough. Now, we do have people within our ministry that are very good at releasing posts. It just doesn't happen enough because this is not our full-time job. So, however, 
there's still you still need to like these things because that's how you can find out about some information that we want to uh, release or potentially if you want to reach out and ask us some questions. So first, we have the Fancy Files Facebook page. So just go on in there and like for a follow. Uh, we do release the podcast and we might post some things from time to time. And eventually we're going to get on that. And you never know, maybe by the time this is released, it's it's all good. It's up and running. It's proper. Then we also have the Christian Service uh, page on Facebook. So we would encourage you to go and like that as well. We'll also release Fancy File stuff on there. But stuff that's also specific to the ministry of Christian Service. Christian Service. It's the ministry that runs the Fancy File kind of idea. But it's not just for the Fancy Files. We have other things that we do. Yes. Christian Service is a... Full-blown ministry. Full-blown. Full-blown. Full. Weekdays, weekends, when we dream, it's it's active. It's there. And you just have to accept it. And so things that we do at Christian Service, services, indoors, outdoors, underground, and nothing subnautical yet, working on that. It's coming. Yeah, Canada doesn't have that many submarines. Right. Hard to steal one. Yes. So we have that. We do music and books. We is in you, for now. Well, and Robin. Robin released a book. Is it through Christian Service, though? No. So <laughs> That's the point. It's Christian Service adjacent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm releasing a book in a few days, Ooh. I guess. So by the time this podcast is out, the book will be released? I don't think so. My book will be released on June 20th. Okay, so Ooh. by the time this podcast is released, we will still be waiting for the book to be released. Yes, because I'm releasing it on my birthday. Fair enough. That way, if something about my birthday is disappointing, <laughs> then I'm making sure that something else will not be disappointing. So tell us, Mick, once the book is released, where can we find it and how can we get a copy? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hopefully this information will be released on the Facebook pages. It will. I will make a post about it because I make posts sometimes. <laughs> sometimes he runs into posts. Sometimes I run into posts. Where can we find this book? Probably Amazon. There. Th- that's it. Not stores, unless your favorite store is Amazon, which it's there. There it is. So it's at your favorite store if your favorite store is Amazon. And so it'll be on there. We might have an audiobook out if that's something you'd like. The book will be translated in French as well and probably released alongside the english version because we have a lot of french listeners unless we've hit the part of belgium that's just full of english speakers but that's fine too yeah they do speak english but you know some of us have family members that are french and all of that so the book will be released in english as not at home in french as pas la maison i think (laughs) oh wait yes i think it is pas chez vous Sorry, I don't look at the French version often, even though I'm translating it myself. So there's that. And um, Christian Service should have a conference coming up in Ottawa. I guess we'll have more information about that. Yeah, once the details come out. Yes. And and that would be another reason why you should like us on the Christian Service page. Because we're not just entirely about just doing the podcast. So there's other things that we want to do, including starting revival services. Bottom line, we want to get back to doing revival services, revival services in buildings. So if you're in the greater Montreal area uh, or you're close to the greater Montreal area and you would love to come to 
I would like to say an old-fashioned revival meeting, but we'll see how old-fashioned it gets and if it's a revival. We will post that information, and then you can make the decision if you want to come or not, and then you'll get to, to meet us and see us. Who are the faces behind the voices? And maybe, maybe. if you ask nicely, maybe. we'll give you an autograph and a Fancy Files no prize. Maybe, if you ask very nicely. Do you want to give an autograph? Sure. Can I ask for your autograph? Absolutely. You can ask. Sign picture? Sure. Okay. I'm waiting. I've done it before. I know you have. That's the thing. He's <laughs> done this. He's given <laughs> gifts out to people where he signed a photo of himself. Jokingly, of Get course. Get well soon, Ezra. Are you the one who's sick or was it I the one who was sick? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So like us on Facebook. Also, YouTube. Uh, we do release not only the Fancy Files on YouTube. But we also have other things that we've done, uh, sermons that we have recorded. We may also release some sermons in the future. We have Mix Block, where he I keep bringing this up because it was one of the greatest things that I ever watched over the pandemic shutdown is Mick chucking himself down a flight of stairs. It was beautiful to behold. Also, his many characters that he brought in to his Mick Block. So why don't you just go on you know, YouTube and like it's the christian service yes okay like and subscribe and hit that notification button so you will never be missing out on our content we also have dear christian service where we answer questions from boo and (laughs) there hasn't been like we haven't released much of that lately but if you want to know what mick looks like just go on over check it out it's wonderful do you agree Except there's no video for Dear Christian Service. So if you check that out, expecting me, uh, you'll be uh, getting nothing. But a great response to a question regarding faith, Christianity, or any other type of commitments. Right. We have a few media sites that we release the podcast through, like Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think you could actually just go on the RSS feed, the USS RSS, and then follow it through there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's going to be many more places eventually, potentially, that are going to be released on. But those are the main ones, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find the Fancy Files uh, podcast that's released there. Or maybe you just want to go on YouTube. However you wish to do it, that's fine. Uh, these are available for you. Did I Did I say everything that needed to be said? I'm getting a... Getting, uh, yeah. All of it and the kitchen sink. Did we get the kitchen sink? We have now. We have now. Excellent. All right. So we're going to continue. And hopefully this will end up being the last, but not the least. Uh, We've been going through Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So I'm going to ask Mick, who is the official uh, Bible reader for the Festival Podcast, to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'll be reading from the New King James. Thank you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Excellent. Thank you, Mick. You're welcome. So, last 
podcast, we were ending off on what is acceptable unto God, like presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable unto God. And then we were talking about how do we know what is acceptable unto God? And we don't want to just box in every way that God will reveal things to us. But the reality is the vast majority of the time when God reveals truth to us, it's going to be obviously through his word. So if reading the Bible is not a part of your daily routine, you need to make that your daily routine because you are missing out on what God wants to say to you. And and as we are going to dive in deeper in verse two, you're going to see really how important this is. And then also as Christians, we know that God has given to us his Holy Spirit who abides within us. We become the temple of the living God. And the Holy Spirit will also speak to us, give us discernment give us wisdom. And I do believe that the moving and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the operation of the Holy Spirit is never stopped. I do not believe that it stopped with the apostles or when the canon of scripture was closed, but we are not cessationists. And for many of us, we grew up in Pentecostal slash charismatic traditions. And I know that can scare some people. We do not, obviously, are for a lot of the abuses uh, and the excesses and the weird stuff that takes place in some of these churches. But we do believe that there are biblical examples of the Holy Spirit moving that God has revealed in his word. uh, And we believe that should be practiced uh, and it should be encouraged in churches today. And part of that is the Holy Spirit will speak to Christians. Uh, Now, how does that happen? Well, there's different ways the Holy Spirit speaks to Christians. Uh, And I'm not going to be able to sit here and express every way he does. Some people think when they hear, oh, the Holy Spirit speaks, that means he talks to you in an audible voice. And I do not believe that the vast majority of the time when the Holy Spirit is speaking, he speaks in audible voices. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, well, growing up in the faith, I should say, not as a kid, the pastor of of a church I was at, he was sharing how uh, his family, his family line going right back up to his, I think a great grandparent, the the grandfather or great grandfather, they they were on a farm and something had happened, he died. And obviously the grandmother was was greatly grieved by this uh, and overwhelmed and and ran off. She has children. How is she going to provide? This this is during a time where, where women are not working, uh, and she ran off into the fields. And she's a believer, and, and she's crying out to God, and she heard God speak, be still and know that I am God. And so for me, I'm like, I, I believe that. I believe that you know she audibly heard that. Now, is that always going to happen? No. But do we have examples of God audibly speaking in the scriptures? Yes. I can give an example, the Mount of Transfiguration, where, where Jesus... Uh, was uh, was on that mountain, and, and Moses, and I believe it was Elijah who appeared, and, and there was, I think, three disciples that were there. I know Peter was one of them, and Peter put his foot in his mouth, and then, and then God audibly spoke and said, you know, this is my beloved son, hear him. So we do have examples where God audibly speaks, but I do not believe that it's going to be a constant thing, and, a, and probably the vast majority of believers will never hear God audibly speak to them. But I do believe he can speak to us through impressions. And even through thoughts, he can give you a thought that will come in your mind. And I believe that the Holy Spirit can do that. And also speak to us in dreams and give us visions, as it says in the word, that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And 
and your sons and your daughters will have dreams and, and your old men and your, I guess, old women as well will see visions. And I might be misquoting that verse slightly, but you, it, it is there. Talks about dreams and visions. So as Christians, we can expect, I believe we can expect that. And he will show us things. Uh, and then there's, I believe there's other ways too that the Holy Spirit can, uh, that we can know what is acceptable to God. Through the preaching of the word, through, uh, through the proclamation of scripture, uh, the Holy Spirit might reveal things to us. Uh, what about you guys? Is there any other ways that you can think of, you know, besides the things that I've mentioned where that God can, can speak to us? I've heard this said often, and I've experienced it myself. A lot of people say that women have an intuition well, I think everyone has an intuition, but specifically it seems to be more developed with women and women have like a sixth sense or something. And so, um, and I've experienced that in my life where I'm like, I have this intuition and it's not always right because I obviously am not perfect, but sometimes like my gut reaction, my gut feeling can be impulsive or it can be from God. So I still have to discern, but I think intuition is also one of those things. Well, we're told that the life of a Christian is to be in community with the church. And so there are oftentimes I will hear from God from my brothers and sisters in Christ where they were given a word of knowledge or they were just telling me something they were reading in the word or something they felt while they were praying. And it's like that speaks to my situation and that helps a lot or that encourages me or that's just something that I should be thinking on and that will help me in my situation. Yeah. I think for myself, it's always been simply the word mostly, right? Where I, cause I think preaching falls into the word category because it's someone that's just breaking down the word so we can understand it better. You know, I, when I read the word, I don't always have, my Greek Bible next to me or yeah or whatever. But I think through uh, the word itself is where I really get confirmation about things and not just like flipping through the Bible and like stumbling on stuff that fit w- what, what I want. Mm-hmm. But, you know, currently our house church is going through the book of Acts and it's been addressing many different things. We're also doing a study on Matthew, you know, well, readings on Matthew. And that's been kind of lift bring to the surface a lot of these uh things that perhaps were unclear to us or or were a bit confusing yeah there's something that i would like to add because sometimes i just sit in my room i sit on the floor that's something i really like to do and i just tell god i'm like god like i want you to reveal sin in my life just show me um i want to be like you see everything the good the bad the ugly And just show me what I'm doing that is not pleasing to you. And so some of the ways that that is going to happen is he's he's going to like remind me of situations um, and I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, like that was something that I didn't even realize I did in the moment. Right. And then it's going to remind me of a Bible verse and I'm going to look up this Bible verse and then, oh, I'm not just going to read the Bible verse. I'm going to read the chapter. And um so there, it's like, um, like it's like one thing after another, and it's right. just, it's a beautiful, like, kind of like a revelation. Like I almost call it like a download. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, yeah. You know? And so, it's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but I, I do want to uh, 
clarify with our listening audience that we do believe that the vast majority of the time that the Holy Spirit is going to show us things is through the reading of the Word. And that, and yes, we did say we believe the Holy Spirit does speak to us and reveal things to us and show us dreams and visions and downloads and however you want words you want to use. They will never contradict the Scriptures. There has been some that may call themselves Pentecostal and Charismatics, or even maybe they're even in cults. You get yourself into the cult movements that can be dangerous, where they will bring out revelation and it contradicts the word. Or they may even think that God is bringing in new scriptural revelation. That is wrong. We reject that completely. The Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. Amen. We're always to be accountable to the word of God. Uh, and also with others too, if you believe that the Holy Spirit has shown you something, don't keep it to yourself, share it, mm -hmm. uh, so that other people who have wisdom or mature Christians can confirm to you whether or not that this is, well, the Spirit, or help you see maybe that wasn't of the Holy Spirit, and it was just in your own mind. It's, that's why it's always good to have accountability, but always make sure when you share that, you're sharing that with mature believers, mm -hmm. not immature believers, and obviously, if you know that you have a friend who right away is a cessationist, I don't believe in any of it, maybe don't share it with them. Because they're just going to shoot you down right away. And they mm -hmm. might even call you something nasty, like you're a false prophet, which is dangerous mm -hmm. to do that. And yes, we do believe in false prophets, but you will have some that right away, anytime someone says the Holy Spirit moved on me or the Holy Spirit said, the right away, oh, this person is, is wrong, and I don't, I don't agree with that. But as Christians, we should be very careful in saying the Holy Spirit said or God told me. Mm -hmm. I think it's best to say, I believe God told me this, or I believe the Holy Spirit showed me this. Because mm -hmm. when you say the Holy Spirit said, you're now you're putting it where this is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's dangerous. Because then you can kind of box people into a corner, especially if you believe in this. Mm -hmm. You believe that the Holy Spirit speaks. And it's like, well, God told me that this, 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 this. And it's like, well, what if I don't agree with that? What if it contradicts scripture? Oh, are you speaking against God? And that has caused a lot of heartache for people in those churches that believe that. Okay, we've made our point on that. I want to finish up verse 1. So again, where it says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Mm -hmm. Reasonable service. Well, we know what service is. We know what it means to serve, right? But here, what is this? It's our reasonable service. Uh, there was a commentary note. I actually want to read this that I thought was really good, and I want to share it where it talks about reasonable service. So it says, rational worship. So this is performed with the heart, mind, and soul of intelligent beings and is in contrast to the worship of idols. I kind of like how it's saying that, like th that aspect of worship where what we're doing, the sacrificing of ourselves, being a holy living sacrifice is an act of worship, right? Like I remember when I was younger and I was, I was at a youth group and they were talking about like, what does it mean to worship? And obviously everyone they hear worship, the vast majority of times we're going to think of praising God, singing songs to him. Now that's true. That's part of, of worship. And that's something we should do every day. There's power in worship. I believe that if we're feeling and going through seasons where we're feeling oppressed, taking some time out to sing praises to God can actually help deliver us. Yes. 
from oppression. However, worship isn't only the act of singing. I also believe it's the act of living completely and fully for God. So that means we can worship all the time. Every moment of every day can be an act of worship, an act of praise to God, even if we're not audibly singing out to him, because we are living for him, our heart is for him, and we're sacrificing ourselves daily. We're following the commands of Jesus Christ to die daily. So I think maybe where the word, you know, worship kind of got lost over time, right? I think it's also kind of a denominational thing. Yeah. Could some, be, yeah. some movements call the service worship, right? And so when, you know, I've worked a lot with Presbyterians and when they talk about a worship leader, it can get confusing because it's, that's not the person who's conducting the music. You know, that's the praise leader. While the worship leader is generally the person leading the service, so the pastor or the reverend or whatever. But, you know, I think that's just also like a denominational thing where some words get lost. I think the last episode we spoke about the altar, mm, right? Yes. Where things kind of change and, and move over time, which isn't like a bad thing. Uh, but I, I think it is important uh, as we do believe that God speaks through his word, that when we go to his word, we make sure that we know what the right definition is. Yeah, mm, exactly. And I think... It, like it's not just how we feel about this either. There is biblical scripture that points to the idea that everything we do with our lives is worship, right? Like the Bible says, do everything unto the Lord, right? And when it comes down to it, everything we do can be an act of worship to God if we are doing it unto his glory. Yeah. You work at a video game testing plant, if you're doing it in such a way that people will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven, you are worshiping God. If you are working as a teacher, as long as you are doing so in such a way that shines the light of God to the students and the other teachers, you are doing this as an act of worship to God. If you're unemployed, as long as you are using that time to bring honor and glory to God, that is an act of worship to God. The idea is not specifically that this action or that action is worship it is the attitude of one's heart mm. if your heart is to serve the lord if your heart is to bring him honor if your heart is to bring him glory as long as it's not clear sin whatever you do can be a worship act to god yeah absolutely yeah very good point so brothers and sisters when you see verse one don't let that scare you let it motivate you to live a life totally and completely dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, totally and completely dedicated to his cause and his purposes and for the building of the kingdom, that there is a daily sacrifice involved, a daily giving up of yourself to Christ, giving your heart to him. Not a once-off thing that you did in the past, but daily, daily, daily. It's a, it's a living walk. It's a walk. We talked about that before on one of the podcasts that, you know, you're walking with somebody there that you're in fellowship relationship with that person. And yes, the word holy, I know that can scare people, but holy shouldn't be scary because it's an act of worship. Mm. We get to give ourselves like God gave us his son. Mm. And we think, what can we give? 
Like, there's nothing that we can do that will come close to ever repaying him. Not that he wants that. He doesn't want that. It's all of his grace. It's not of us. But we do have that attitude. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You give your life to him. Not as some salvation thing, but as the outflow of a life that has been born again of the Spirit of God. And he gives you the ability through the Holy Spirit to do this. Will there be hard days? Yes. Will it be challenging? Yes. Will you get discouraged? Yes. But in the end, it's the greatest thing you can do. Because in the end, the prize is eternity with Christ. And for a Christian, that should make you very excited, not sad. Exactly. And I think the key words here, at least for this point, is that, one, God is saying, offer yourselves, and this is your reasonable service, right? He's not sitting there pinning us to the ground and say, give me yourself as a living sacrifice. I demand it. You have no choice. I'm compelling you. He says, no, offer yourselves. Come and give this to me of your free will. This is a, a, a choice that he is asking us. This is the choice you can make. Please offer yourself as a living sacrifice. He's not sitting there and forcing us or breaking our arms to offer ourselves as a sacrifice to him. He's saying, come, this, is, this should be a joy. This is a reasonable service for what we have received from him, right? And the way I understand this, the, this verse, which is your reasonable service, God sacrificed his life so that we could be made right with him. It is only reasonable to ask us to serve him <laughs> yeah. in, in light of that, right? He gave his life so that we could live our lives for him. Amen. This is our reasonable service. It's not, he's not asking too much of us. He's definitely asking too little of us. But what he's asking of us is reasonable. I, I gave my life, so please live yours in service to me. Amen. Yeah, that's a theme, a common theme that I see throughout Scripture. It's like God asks us to be merciful. Why? Because he was merciful. Um, God asks us to give up our lives to him and to others. Why? Because he's given up his life for us. He's asking us to be humble. Why? Because Jesus was humble. Yeah. So it's a common theme throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. It's the same God. And he expects this of us because he that's his character. And we as Christians are made to emulate that character. And so he's he's asking us because he's the example. And so we have an example to look up to. And it's not just... Like, oh, do this, but you don't have like a, a template or a reference. Well, we have Jesus's life. Like right. he is, his essence, the incarnation is what we have as an example, as a model to look to mm. for like as a guide of how to live our lives and how we can be a living sacrifice. And in verse two, he goes on and says, and be not conformed to this world. So... Were to be a living sacrifice, it's holy and acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service. This is what we do. Now there's things we don't do. And we don't be conformed to this world. And when it says, be not conformed to this world, 
I remember studying this a while ago and it talked about a mold that you would set for a pattern. So I would think of like, you know, if, if there's like a, a, I'll just say action figure or something or a model that's being released that, you know, you buy, they have a mold set up for it. Right. And then they would pour in, you know, the plastic or whatever it is that, that they use to make that figurine. And then all the figurines would look the same. So think of it in that way. Like there's a pattern that the world has set a mold and we're not to ourselves to be put into that mold, but yet it's so easy to be conformed to that, this pattern, because look at what we have around us. We're constantly bombarded with information, with ideas, with lifestyle, with opinions from those who are not Christian. Our entertainment is constantly, even like, even if they're not saying this is how it should look, but subconsciously, when we see this is how you should live, this is how you should act. This is how a woman should dress. This is how a woman should act. This is how a man should act. This is how this person should act. This is how that person should act. And you start to think subconsciously, am I living right? Am I, look, we're, we can be easily influenced and our, on our minds, if we're not careful, if we're not careful what we allow to our thoughts and challenge those things that we're embracing, it can begin to change us and then mold us after the pattern of this world. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the actual physical world. I'm talking about the age, the way people think, how, how people conduct themselves that are not Christian, that it's not biblical. And in some of those things, there are things that are inspired by Satan. Like no one is going to look and say, oh, a couple of non-believers have a, a good marriage and they lived a long life and they never divorced and died. That's terrible. They're not saying, no, that's good. It's good that those people, you know, stay together. Any Christian would, would desire that. But there, even, even with marriage, there could be a way that the world presents marriage is a certain way and you can allow yourselves to to begin to think that way yeah my uh john MacArthur commentary uh kind of talks about how uh, conformed refers to assuming an outward expression that does not reflect what is really inside and that kind of reminds me of that show where you have to guess whether it's a bowling ball or like a cake it's kind of a silly i think netflix show or whatever <laughs> but I think the verse kind of puts forward that there should be no reason for people to wonder whether or not you truly are a Christian. Oh, that's good. There shouldn't be that doubt of like, well, he says he's a Christian, but I just don't get it. And I guess the flip side as well, right? The, this guy looks like a Christian, but I don't know. This might be a bowling ball. <laughs> that guy's a bit of a pin. But, uh... <laughs> Or a pinhead, I guess. Who but, are you uh, calling a pinhead? Exactly. Yeah, I think this idea, right, of conformity and, and the world, just kind of this whole thing, it's a lot to think about, but I'm glad that it's a result of that reasonable service. Right. We are going to follow someone's example, whether we realize it or not. And for a Christian, the example we follow is the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we're not following the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're not doing what verse 1 tells us to do, Presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. If we're not in the word, 
reading the life of Jesus Christ, reading the epistles, reading the Old Testament examples of godly men and godly women and how they lived. We're not doing that. We're not in fellowship. We're not praying and worshiping God. We're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. If we're in sin, we're not repenting of our sin, then we will no longer be conforming to the pattern of Christ. We will follow the example of someone else. And it could be a movie star. Like, look, our culture, we like movies. People here like movies. And it could be easy to see an actor. And you're like, oh, man, I, I really like this actor. Oh, I'll just say Chris Pratt, maybe. You know, maybe you like Chris Pratt. And, or, or, you know, a different type, whoever. And, oh, maybe they'll come out and say they're Christian. Maybe they are. But maybe they're not. And if they live a certain way, you might start to follow their example. You might start to dress like them. You might just start to act like them. Say the way they joke. Things like that. How is that happening? Because you're following, you've allowed yourself to follow their example by not doing what verse 1 tells you to do. And if you continue in that lifestyle, then you may get to the place where who you were five years ago, if someone hadn't seen you, if a brother in Christ hadn't seen you in five years, then they saw you again, they might be shocked to find out you're a totally different person. Well, and I think a good Old Testament example of that is with, uh, I believe it's King Solomon, with the 600 wives. Like the, <laughs> No, but that whole passage is about how, I mean, that whole part of history, I guess, is about how disobeying God, even in the, not that having multiple wives is like a minute sin, but uh, disobeying God about something that you might feel isn't that important can exponentially like transform you. So in that passage, for those who are unaware, uh, he ends up marrying 600 wives, non-counting concubines and whatnot. But the verse is very clear about how their beliefs ended up shaping his beliefs. And so for us, all that we let in, whether it be uh, a bit of gluttony here, a bit of that, a bit of uh, of this, wanting to please, wanting to, uh, to please others, wanting to be, I don't know, there's just a bunch of things that can end up ultimately shaping what we believe and how we act ultimately. Right. Which ultimately is what conforms us to the world. Solomon ended up marrying 600 wives and was then conformed to the world. And what was the world and the way of thinking of that age? It was worship of Baal, worship of all these other gods and and sacrifices to idols and this and that. He willingly took it in, just like many things we take in into our lives, you know? Yeah. So I want to ask our listening audience this, and to be honest, do you look more like Jesus, or do you look more like the world? Just think about that for a second. Do you look more like Jesus, or do you look more like the world? Now, for some, it may be, honestly, there's some serious repenting you need to do. You have not been following the Word. You've not been obeying what the Word says. You're not diving in the Word. And you need to make some changes in your life. And God is merciful. God is good. He will forgive. If you're honestly a born-again Christian, he will forgive. He'll forgive. I mean, you're not a born-again Christian. You repent, he'll forgive you. But if you're a born-again Christian and you're not, you haven't been living for God, you may be thinking, I've blown it. He won't forgive me. That's a lie. He will. But maybe there's Christians who are generally trying to live for God and they're constantly struggling. And what if you are struggling? What if you do look too much like the world? 
well, there may be some things that you have to do. Maybe there is cutting out of some things that are influencing you for the negative. Okay. And I, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to sit here and start naming off stuff. You know what influences you. And if you're not sure, like if you're really not sure, get before God and ask him. Like Melanie's talking about how she goes before the Lord and, and Lord convict me of sin. Like Melanie's so serious in her walk that she will make sure there's nothing between myself and my Savior. If then the Holy Spirit shows you, deal with it. Deal with it. But here's something. God, you know, whether he's, Jesus is speaking or, or the Holy Spirit is speaking through the apostles, there's always a way out. It's not like, don't do this, and that's it. Sometimes that gets presented in church circles. Just don't do it. You know, just stop doing whatever it is that you're doing. That's my Dr. Phil joke. No, Paul actually shows us. He's, he doesn't just say, and be not conformed to this world. Then he goes, but he says, but. I love those. When the word of God has a but there, or a however, or a therefore. This is good, because that means the answer is coming. Mm-hmm. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the battle of the mind. It's in the mind where our greatest battle is. Okay, we've talked at great lengths in past podcasts about what we allow into our minds that affect our thinking, our identity, and this, what we allow in, will also form us into a mold. So if our mind is on the world, and worldly things and desires and sins, we're going to be shaped according to the world's pattern, the world's mold. But we need to stop this. How do we do it? We need to renew our minds. Specifically, be ye, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the word transformed in the Greek is where we get the word metamorphosis from. It's a complete change. You're transformed, or as it says, transfigured by a supernatural change. A supernatural change. Okay. This is important here. Because we need to allow the Spirit of God to do this. Okay. We need to allow the Spirit of God to transform us. So again, if what we're filling into our, into our hearts, our minds, what we're allowing in is what's causing us to deviate and to get into trouble, then that means we need to change our diet. Hmm. We talked about before about reading the Word. If you have a greater diet for worldly entertainment and reading the word is like barely or nothing, you're transformed by the world. If you get into the word and allow the word of God into you, the word of God will then begin changing you. I know it's not just exclusively reading the word. There's obviously other things. But if you don't start there, you will not be transformed. And actually, I'd say even before that, even before you get into the word, you need to repent. And that means you need to go to God and tell him what you've done. Father, I have allowed myself to be influenced by the thinking of this world. I've allowed entertainment into my mind that wasn't good. If you prayed and God showed you, 
that maybe watching some of those soap operas or watching some of those Netflix shows or watching some of those TV programs or, or whoever, you need to repent of that and allow the Spirit of God to show you that what you've done is wrong. And then repent of it. Confess it to him. Okay. And then begin. Get in the word. Allow the spirit of God to change you. Allow the spirit of God to renew your thoughts. Allow the Bible to change you. Renew your mind. And then when you do that, you will be able to prove. You will be able to find out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. You want to know what is good and acceptable and perfect? The perfect will of God. That should be the desire of your life. What is God's perfect will for my life? It's in his word. It's in his word. Oh, yes, he'll reveal things to you specifically about what you're going to do. But he's going to show you through the word. Now, before we end, I have one question I want to ask the group, and I'd like to get everyone's answer. I talked about reading the word, but there are other, and potentially there's other things too we can do to renew our minds. So how can we, as Christians, renew our minds. And if you do want to add, yes, it's the word, and maybe you have an example of how reading the word helps you, please feel free to share. Mickey. So, I, I mean, I did share about the word earlier, and so I'll keep it at that. But I think that prayer is very often a, I guess, an underappreciated way for renewing our minds. Um, it's been said that prayer is a lot less about uh, changing your situation and a lot more about changing your outlook. And when we go to God in yeah. prayer, we are taught to um, to fall in line and to, to learn to embrace the will of God. And so there are things that we're going through, sickness, illnesses, uh, depression, which I guess is also an illness, but like job situations, uh, relational situations, all these things, um, we must go to God in prayer with them. Because God will change our hearts and renew our minds and help us to better see and better understand what is at play here. Um, if it is a spiritual attack, then it is through prayer and through the word that we will know and be confirmed that, oh, we're going through a spiritual attack, which means that God's not done with us, which means that God is active in our lives and that we're on the right path. And so, yeah, I think it's there's this important part to us uh, just learning to pray more and uh, to learn to love prayer as well. There's so much I could say. There are so many spiritual disciplines that we could do that would help us renew our mind, but also disciplines that are just practical. I find obviously reading the word has helped me so much and it's incredible what it can do to your mind because if you've been meditating on lies, if you've been on social media too much, if you've been consuming entertainment, don't think that that's not going to affect the way you think. Honestly, if you look at pages of people that look perfect all day long, that you that that are your definition of perfect all day long, you really think that's not going to affect the way you think about yourself. Like so you might have to unfollow some people, you might have to mute some people. So those are practical things maybe that you can do, but if you meditate on scripture, if you pray, honestly, even doing evangelism because so so often we're focused on our situation and we forget to reach out to other people and we forget that there's a dying world out there. Like if you take your attention off of yourself and you put it on other people, 
that are in need, I mean, that's one way to renew your mind too. And it also refocuses your attention to God because this is God's will for the Christian's life. Um, there's so much more I could say, but we're running out of time. Um, but um, honestly, those are the things that stick out most to me. And I know that when I spend so much time in my thoughts, it's just not good. So I have to focus my attention on Christ and what he's, he's given us tools to do that very practically. And we're just so, so blessed. Mm. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think another way beyond just reading the word, beyond just prayer, although those things are crucial and very important, I think the other thing is living in community with other Christians, serious Christians, mature Christians, elderly Christians, because you learn so much from sitting with people that have been living with God and following Christ for 60, 70 years yeah. to the point where it's like they've trusted God through their whole lives. And if not their whole lives, a pretty significant chunk of their lives. Yeah, I learned exactly. so much talking to my grandfather. I learned so much talking to the other elderly uh, Christians that attended our, our church because they've lived with God their whole lives. In some cases, I, I knew a man in uh, my dad's church before he passed, and he, he was in such a crisis of faith he wasn't a Christian at the time, but he was going through such a crisis and he knew people that were Christians and he prayed and he said, listen, God, I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're real, but what I do know is that if you help me, if you intervene, I will serve you the rest of my life. God intervened Amen. and he did serve him until he breathed his last breath. Mm. And it's important to hear these stories. It's important to hear these testimonies from these Christians and even Christians that aren't that old, but they are very mature in their faith. They are very serious. Like none of us here in this room are over the age of 40, but I do trust every single one of them to point out flaws in my faith because I don't, it doesn't come out of malice. It doesn't come out of criticism. It comes out of a place of, hey, we know the word of God. We know that you want to live out the word of God. And we're going to point out where you're slipping up so that we know that we can help you. So living in community with other Christians is vital, is crucial. Yeah, thank you. Very good point. Um, I know we've been sharing a lot of information today. Maybe you need to re-listen to some of these podcasts again uh, and just you know, allow the spirit of God to help you take this and like really dive in with it. Um, I want to encourage you guys, if you're out there listening, you're struggling. A lot of Christians have struggled before you. Some godly men and women who've done great things for the Lord have gone through seasons of incredible struggle. You read in the Bible. I, I don't know why, but Moses came to my mind. I mean, Moses, God used them. But like Moses tried in every way possible not to be used by God. <laughs> you know, I can't speak. You know, and then God had to get Aaron or have Aaron speak for him. And then after a while, Moses finally connected. You know, he finally figured it out. He didn't need Aaron to speak anymore. I think after having the golden calf, 
incident. That was enough. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not funny, but anyways, this is the way I guess the way I said it. If you're struggling as a Christian, look at what these things are saying. Ask yourselves, are you conforming to the pattern of this world or are you conforming to, to Christ? And if you're not conforming to Christ, bring the problem to the Lord. Repent of it and allow the Spirit of God to change you. Allow the Word of God to transform your thinking. Be in a community of faith. Be in prayer. Be in worship. And, and take those steps. Let today be the day. Don't wait till tomorrow because we have no guarantee. We have no promise of tomorrow. Let today be the day. And if you are a Christian who is sacrificing and living for Christ, and doing what he should, uh, he or she should do. Continue. Don't give up. I know it can get discouraging, but don't give up. And if you're living in the Montreal area and you feel like you have no Christian family, reach out. We will be your Christian family. Amen. We'll encourage you. We'll help you. Uh, or maybe you live in an area where you know you don't know if there's a Christian witness. But still reach out. We'll still connect with you. We can talk online. And maybe we might even know people who live in the area that can help you. So we're going to land that fancy file plane right there. I want to thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, I am your host, Greg the Scott. I had today with me the Marvelous Mick. Thanks for having me. We had the Rexy. Always a pleasure. And the Melanie. Bye. Take care and God bless. <laughs> <laughs>